Hello, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast where we teach you how to travel the world while making money. Uh, so on these episodes, we, we interview different digital nomads, and we're actually doing a series about digital nomads in Bali, which is one of the major hotspots uh, for the digital nomad community. You have uh, Medellin in Colombia, you have Chiang Mai in uh, Thailand, and uh, Bali in Indonesia. And uh, we currently have uh, Troy and Alicia, who are actually friends from back in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Uh, uh, Troy was volunteering at uh, one of my social media mastery conferences, and Alicia has been my friend for a few key events. So Scott, uh, Alicia, Troy, and myself were all actually from Vancouver. But now I'm actually in French Guiana, uh, which is in the north of South America. Uh, and uh, Scott is in Croatia. And Troy and Alicia are in different rooms in their house in Bali. Uh, so this is actually our first ever couple interview. And uh, on Digital Nomad Mastery, we want to interview uh, people at different stages of the digital nomad journey. Everything from wanting to start out to just starting to maybe in the middle to advanced, well-established digital nomads, but also different types of digital nomads. Everything from single uh, people in their 20s to couples like Alicia and Troy uh, to families such as myself traveling with kids uh, to empty nesters such as Scott. And uh, we really want uh, cover the gamblingism to jobs, etc. So I know these guys, they do a variety of different things online, everything from branding to web design to graphic design um, uh, to doing uh, online courses and masterminds. Uh, so stay tuned for some uh, information. Uh, with our podcast, make sure you subscribe on uh, iTunes, uh, leave us a rating, a review. Uh, it really helps uh, the podcast get established and get more listeners. And uh, please share with your friends, anyone who's interested in being a digital nomad. Uh, so, uh, how are you doing over there in uh, uh, Bali uh, t tonight, uh, Troy and Alicia? Who <laughs> goes? We're doing great. I just got back from the gym. Um, yeah, we're doing great. It's uh, really weather's great. Um, yeah, I can't complain. Yeah, it's really cool. This is my second time being in Bali, and it's really nice. I was here uh, five years ago, and then back this time, and it feels like. Really cool. It feels kind of like full circle to come back five years later and and kind of experience everything again in a new lens. Awesome. So why don't we start with uh, telling us a little bit about how you started to go on to this journey? Like, how did you get from Vancouver to Bali? And, uh, you know, what were some of your goals that you achieved on the way? Well, for me personally, I've been dreaming about Bali since I was 12. I just didn't know it was Bali at the time. And so I was having these dreams coming to me of this like tropical paradise spot that I was supposed to go to. And it never really made sense to me until I moved to Vancouver and I made a friend there. And then that friend a year later moved to Bali. And then they showed me Bali just kind of like this on Skype. And I was like, oh my God, that is the place I've been dreaming about. So um, a year after that again, I ended up going to Bali and coming here and just falling in love with this place and spending a whole year here. And then, you know, got back to Vancouver, back into my makeup career, and, and, and every single day after that, I couldn't stop thinking about Bali. So it just happened that, you know, in November last year, I was like, screw it, I'm buying a one-way plane ticket to Bali, I need to go back there, I'm sick of thinking about it. And so here we are, and Troy was open to it, and he wanted to come check out Bali for himself as well, so we both agreed, and I, I actually flew out here before him, and then he met me here in December last year. Wonderful. So 
what are your like are you going to stay there for the rest of your lives like what are your future <laughs> plans sort of generally because i know these things change but where do you see yourself going if you're not staying there if you are staying there then that's simple answer to my question but <laughs> well the interesting yeah. thing is that we realize being here like after about 90 days we start getting itchy we're like oh we gotta move so we like to kind of like plan for 90 days or less sort of increments in one place that's what we learned about being in bali this time so we're, we're itching to leave right now and you know come back to vancouver and see our friends and our family and um after that you know we'll probably come back to bali at the end of the year so I think Bali will be a spot we come to frequently in our lifetime, but not for long durations. And, you know, I would love to hear about your story of how you guys became a couple. I already know a little bit of it. Uh, you guys were doing a little bit of the long distance thing, and now you're doing yep. the long distance thing in the sense you're no longer in Vancouver. You're, you're across the world together, finally. So uh, I think a little story about how you became a couple and also uh, some of the blessings and challenges of traveling as digital nomads yeah. as a romantic couple. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Go ahead, Troy. Um, well, we originally met online in a Facebook group that I created that originated in Winnipeg, Manitoba. So it was an entrepreneur group, meetup group. We'd throw these big flashy events and the community started growing and I'd invite people in all the time and I'd introduce them and be like, hey, welcome to the community. This is what we do when we're here. You know, this is how you, this is how you interact with people. And then Alicia here, she just wouldn't stop messaging me. And I'm like, who is this girl? Like, she's rather interesting. I was running my own Facebook group at the time as well. So we were both, I was like, man, we're doing the same thing. We can help each other. So I just wouldn't stop messaging. I was like, hello, what are you doing? <laughs> we ended up getting on a phone call, shooting back and forth and just, for I think about a year and a bit, we just were really good friends. We were both running service businesses at the time. I was an interior contractor and she was a makeup, makeup artist running, doing, running in the makeup industry. And yeah, we just help each other out with our challenges and different things that were going on. And then Alicia went to a Tony Robbins event in Florida and I was doing a big contract at the time. And I was pretty burnt out, overworked, you know, pretty, we were doing some pretty big homes at the time. And then, uh, yeah, she invited me to come up to Florida to meet her for the first time. And uh, I said, yeah, screw it, let's do it. And then next thing you know, went out to Florida and uh, Alicia ended up booking a car for me in Miami. And she said, when you land in Miami, or sorry, when you land in Fort Lauderdale, you're going to pick up a car and you're going to drive to Miami and you're going to come find me. And sure enough. <laughs> I did, and we slept in the living room of a friend's place, and uh, somewhere in somewhere in Miami, I can't remember where. North but then, Beach. North Beach, and then the next morning. Uh, normally, when I've went on vacations in the past, I found uh, I have a lot of structure and a lot of you know a lot of uh, pre-planning for say. And Alicia's like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to Walmart in the morning, pick up some camping gear, and uh, we're just gonna go." And Not only in the morning, it was like three in the morning. We're gonna we're gonna wake up and get in the car and drive to Walmart, buy camping <laughs> supplies, and then uh, at sunrise drive along the highway to Key West. <laughs> yeah. Surrounded by ocean. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're on a adventure of a lifetime, and uh, we ended up falling in love on say second or third night, and. Uh, yeah, and then we traveled all around Florida for about three weeks, and then I ended up going back to, I ended up going back to Winnipeg, and Alicia was in Vancouver, 
And about last May, actually, it's just about a year now, um, I was still doing some contracting. I was always dabbling in online marketing and just kind of building community and working on coaching and consulting, but I never really jumped fully in. And I had a lot of graphic design skills. And last May, uh, I booked a one-way ticket down to Vancouver and uh, moved in with Alicia. And I mean, the rest is history. Now we've been in Bali for about seven months. And yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful how, how story. How is it uh, to travel as a couple in terms of uh, the difficulties and the fighting and uh, conflict resolution? Uh, how would you guys find those things? <laughs> I'd like to start on that one. Well, the best part about our relationship is that adventure is both of our, one of our top three highest values. So we just love adventure and our relationship actually like um, flourishes when we're adventuring. If we stay stagnant too long, then we start to get bored. And so that's really cool because I was thinking like, you know, growing up, I had such a hard time finding a guy who could keep up with me. That's what I always thought. And then I met Troy, and he was super into the, the my pace of life. And so, well, and um, I guess in terms of fighting, we are really um, lighthearted about things. We don't really get mad, and we don't take life too seriously. So our fights consist of us just kind of like making fun of each other and then laughing about it. And then we forgot about it two minutes later. So I think that yeah. Troy could say stuff about that too, about, you know, girls and fighting and all that. <laughs> I think we have a, a high level of awareness um, versus like as an entrepreneur, you need to have a high level of awareness, whether you're doing marketing, advertising, whatever it be. Um, so I find that we were able to notice when, problems come up and like deal with them very quickly because if not I find it affects both of our performance if we allow things to stagnate and fester um, so we just squash things as quick as we can I mean one of us may be pissy about something for a little bit but we really deal with it head-on immediately because we don't we don't got time to fight and mess around we're in paradise we're building building our online empire and uh, yeah it's it's great I that's I think that's a synopsis of us. <laughs> mm, definitely. We just oh, laugh at it a lot. We hit it, hit the, hit the button, then how do you say it? Hit it, hit the nail on the head, I guess. I don't know what the metaphor is, but just kind of like pinch the, like the, the fight off and then, you know, talk about it. Then we laugh about it and move on as fast as possible. <laughs> I think we got a bit of a connection. Oh, hello. Hello. Can you guys hear I us? Was waiting, I was waiting for Ricky, but since he's, uh, he's obviously not talking either, I'll, I'll jump in. What are some <laughs> of the challenges, which is unusual, because usually we talk all at the same time, and so here we are both waiting politely for the other one, I think. Uh, what are some of the challenges you found as uh, being a digital nomad? Obviously, oh, and before we get into that, I grew up in Winnipeg, Troy, so oh, cool. Wow. Uh, Very cool. Winnipeg Jets all the way, even though I've been 20 years in British Columbia. Uh, so what are some of the challenges you found being a digital nomad? And, uh, you know, I, I think it's easy when we're at home and we've got all this stuff that we've accumulated over decades, and then all of a sudden we're, you know, one or two suitcases and we're off to the, you know, in places where perhaps there isn't a Kmart or a Walmart or, <laughs> Costco to go buy stuff and so what are some of the things that you've found that have uh, changed hmm. I think a big 
a big blessing and a lesson that uh, being in Bali has really taught me is to manage my time. Um, because I found when I was in Vancouver, when I was in Winnipeg, I would tend to get myself on other people's schedules very easily. Whereas now being in Bali in a completely different time zone, um, I follow my calendar and people book into my calendar. If it's not booked into my calendar, it's not generally a meeting. Um, I think that has been a really big shift for me to really grasp hold of my time and just ensure because the first little bit, we just didn't know what to do. Or like for us to post on social media or do different things, we're like, okay, prime times are 10 p.m. and 6 in the morning until 9 a.m. So I think for the first little bit, finding out when the best times were to actually post and connect with people was a bit of a challenge. But I think there's a really big blessing in there too because you're forced to take control of your, your reality. Yeah, that was a huge one is getting used to the time zones. Go ahead. Oh, no, go on. Finish finish what you're saying and then I'll jump in. Yeah, that was a huge thing for us is getting used to time zones. And um, my mom even started booking time in my calendar to talk to me because it's just so much easier to convert the time zones with the Calendly app that we use. And so um, it's been interesting to, you know, I think Vancouver's like 15 hours or something difference to us right now. So I think that's our major challenge is like time zones. And, and then um, I guess after that would be like, you know, having your, we don't really have a support community here of people that we've known for a while who know us and we trust. And so it's, we just have each other, which is like a really big blessing. But then, you know, beyond that, we don't really have the, that kind of support community of people that we can just go have dinner with and talk about life and all that. So that's been an interesting um, thing to get used to because I'm used to being surrounded in lots of people and having dinners together. And so I'm excited to go back to Vancouver for that. I think that's a really big point. I was talking with a client earlier actually about he had a very similar experience when just nomading around, like whether it be South America or South um, Asia, different, Asia. Different, yeah, like it's difficult to build a solid foundation of friends and people around you as support groups because everyone's kind of moving and doing their thing and they got their own things going on. They're working on building their empires and it's good, but like there's a lot of flaky relationships along the way. You meet people, they come in, they come out and it's like, it's good because you get to meet a lot of people, but you don't have like a core solid group that you can really mm -hmm connect with other than be online and different things. But I think for, if you really crave human interaction, I think that's a, a really big thing that has been a struggle for us. Another thing our friend yeah, brought to our attention too is like, um, he's like, well, he's like, if you're only in a place for like, say a month or a few weeks, like, he's like, do you really want to invest time in getting to know someone? And then, you know, do you make plans to stay in contact with them or do you make plans to see each other again? Like, is there a point to that? Or what is like, where is the point where, you know, you want to make friends or you want to just stay focused on your business? And so that's been an interesting learning curve for us too, is like, where do we invest our time and who do we spend our time with and what's like important for us? And also being open to the flow of like, oh, we just met these cool people. Let's talk to them. And so finding that balance Absolutely, guys. I can definitely relate on so many levels to all these things you mentioned about the time zone differences, staying in touch with uh, friends and family back home when you're around the world, uh, the lack of community. I mean, that's something uh, I was so 
super passionate about and still am passionate about back in Vancouver and here. Mm -hmm. And the part of the reason that we're doing these podcast interviews uh, is to build that community of people who are into the same lifestyle. So uh, we might all be in different uh, countries and continents right now, but who knows, we might run into each other down the road in Peru, for example, with Alicia and Troy or in Europe or where, where Scott is currently or if I end up doing this, uh, 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 this conference, which I want to do overseas, that we might all end up being at the same conference somewhere in the world, like Tahiti or... Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so I wanted to ask the question about money because a lot of people uh, ask this question or they have this objection. I can't travel the world because I don't have enough money, I don't have enough time, and I hear this over and over, but somehow uh, we're doing it, uh, even though we don't have a lot of money, none of us are millionaires that I know of, uh, we've just made a decision to travel around the world and to figure out the money along the way. And uh, we love asking this question about uh, different types of people and different types of income sources. So I know both of you guys are able to generate uh, online incomes. Uh, so how do you guys do that, Troy and Alicia? Yeah. Alicia, do you want to go first? Sure. So in terms of money and mindset and making money online, I like what you said about, you know, you don't need to have a lot of money to do it. And honestly, I think that um, sometimes we spend less money traveling than being in Vancouver. But yes. we like we or we spend about the same amount of money here, but we actually get more for our money here. Like, you know, massages are five to ten dollars for an hour right in Vancouver you spend eighty dollars so here we go out for an afternoon and you know you can get a haircut a shave a, a lunch a massage and you know a facial all this stuff for like the same amount as you know not even a massage price in Canada so we spend the same amount of money here but we just get way more for it and we have a better quality of life and so that's what we really enjoy but in terms of making money online what I've been really learning, like um, I'm doing a transformational coaching. So for me, it's about having powerful conversations with people. And what I really realized um, in the beginning was like I was putting out so much content, but, you know, wasn't getting any leads from it because it wasn't, you know, an offer. So what I've been really figuring out is like, you know, the, the, the um, weighing out like content to offers and putting out offers. So instead of just putting out tons of content, I want to just get people that want to buy my services to come forward. So I make offers now instead of just blasts of posts. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to do a four-week mastermind. Who wants it? Okay, cool. I'm going to like offer some private coaching services. And then now that I'm creating offers on my Facebook wall, people get accustomed to that. And then they're going to come to me to buy my services rather than just come to me to consume free content all the time, right? So that was a big shift for me in realizing that, you know, I don't need to just post a bunch of like huge long posts all the time. I just need to do a few of those and actually just make offers and connect with people through Facebook Live and all of that. But at the same time, I wouldn't be able to do that if I haven't been, you know, warming up my Facebook profile for years and years and years and years without offering to them. Because now I built so much trust in my makeup career and even before that because I've been always traveling and posting motivational stuff. And now that I'm doing this coaching thing, it's become easier to just tap into that audience that I've already accumulated and sort of generated through just my lifestyle. And so um, now that I've started turning that into like hot and warm traffic, you know, it's been quite easy to just turn it into money just by simply offering my services. And 
getting people to know what I'm doing and take it seriously and keep showing up doing that. And then they see it as a pattern and then they want in. And then, you know, from there it goes to referrals. Then the, the client that I made really happy, then they send me their friend and then they send me their friend and it keeps trickling down, right? And so that's how I've been working on it. What about you, Troy? Yeah. Well, I think one thing you said that I really liked is like, We've both been building our personal brands for quite some time. We've both been kind of dabbling in the online space. So I'd say about three or four years of just really warming up our profile and getting good at putting out content, being consistent and steady with it. Um, a big thing that I've made a shift in recently, Alicia mentioned this as well, is really just having powerful conversations with people. Um, actually genuinely wanting to connect with people and seeing how you can add value to their lives, seeing how you can actually benefit them. Um, for example, I mean, my main, my main income streams right now are in the consulting space. I'm teaching service business owners and coaches and consultants how to actually generate an income and maximize their time, effort, and energy and become more, more, how do I say that, more confident with what they're offering and actually more efficient with their time. Um, I offer branding packages as well. I do a lot of designing on my, my end, but the biggest thing I think is putting out content and asking every so often a lot of people want to put out content and they never ask if you never ask you shall never receive so you have to ask every so often put out offers and you can actually help more people the more that you sell to them the more people you sell to the more impact you can have on their lives the more lives that you can change the more money that you make the more impact that you can actually have on other people um, so i mean it depends on what you're actually selling and what your service offering is but getting into powerful conversations, even this week, uh, we're doing an event in Arizona in, in September, and it all started for me connecting with this girl. Just wanted to have a genuine connection, reached out, said, hey, how are you doing? Like, let's connect sometime. I've seen some of your stuff. We got onto a phone call. Next thing you know, she used to run service businesses. I've ran service businesses, and she's planned on putting together this event anyways. So... Now in September, we're going out to do a two-day event with 25 people and her, and we're going to help her put the whole thing together. And uh, next thing you know, we created a pretty amazing opportunity, which is going to be very profitable for all four of us. So I think really, and not coming at conversations from of like, what can I get? Like of like, how can I give and how can I enrich this person's life? And from that, I think that's when you actually get a lot more benefit mm -hmm. and asking what people need too, like asking what our audience needs or wants in their life too and then just creating something out of that that's really important those are wonderful points and I think really important points that uh, oftentimes people forget like being of service and uh, mm -hmm. you know what you put out uh, comes back many times over I firmly believe that mm -hmm. and and uh, I, when you were talking about your clients telling their friends about you, you, you that's my whole marketing plan is, you know, yeah. in fact, it's got to the point now where if you don't know somebody who knows me, I won't really actually spend much time talking to you about anything other than, uh, you know, the weather, because uh, that's where all my business comes from. And I really like the fact that everybody kind of knows everybody. Yeah. Uh, I, I like one thing too, that, uh, I've been really focusing on myself is a lot of people when they start online, they're really focused on lead generation and building a funnel and getting the leads 
Um, I think if you really service the people you already have in and you really deliver to them an amazing experience, you're going to have referrals galore. If you actually spend the time, effort, and energy instead of focusing all your time on lead gen and then your service offerings complete garbage, um, I think that's a big mindset shift for a lot of people that you can really build a very profitable business by just serving more. And just going out of your way doing the little things that don't, it doesn't take a lot of time, effort, and energy. Like for example, I created an expense report sheet that I send to a lot of my clients. It's duplicatable, it's on Google Sheets, it's a way they can actually track their income that they make every month and it's just, it's something that they can use that's really beneficial for them and it doesn't take much effort and energy for me to send to them. Cool. So what are some of the uh, cultural differences you've noticed from Winnipeg and Vancouver to Bali? Because uh, oftentimes when people go from one environment that they're very comfortable with to another one that maybe they're not quite so comfortable with, uh, like I went from Australia to India, that was quite a shock uh, yeah. a number of years ago. Uh, but how have you dealt with that and what have you, your, some of your insights been? Hmm, cultural differences. I think the driving's different. <laughs> <laughs> driving the on the other warmer. side of the road. <laughs> Scooters. I think, well, I think a lot. Yeah. Yeah, go I ahead. Mean, yeah, I just want to talk briefly about the driving. I think it's really interesting because mm -hmm. in uh, if you're in Vancouver or Canada, you're driving on a highway, you're driving on this like perfectly straight road with these perfect lights that tell you exactly what to do at the exact right mm -hmm. time. Whereas in Bali, it's just like, Lights are a suggestion, you just go. Um, but like the, the level of awareness that is involved in driving here is so much different than Canada. Like somebody will cut in front of you here and you're like, oh, perfect, I expected that. Whereas mm -hmm. in Vancouver, Canada, somebody cuts you off and you're like, oh, what a jerk, that guy cut right in front of me. And it's like, I think the level of uh, the level of understanding of your surroundings is so much higher because that's just how they roll. Um, I think it's a big shift for a lot of people, and it looks terrifying if you've never driven in Bali. My first couple times were very terrifying, but after getting used, to it, it's like you know what? Like this, like people honk when they're passing you, but in Canada, when somebody's honking, you want to speed up. So I think that's a, that was a big shift for me, um, just getting used to the whole driving, but it's, it's really interesting to see how dependent in the Western world that we are on road signs and lights and different things, and it really dumbs down our awareness. That's a great point. So you, even, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We keep talking over each other, but uh, I'll let ladies first. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I kind of created this interesting metaphor about the driving in Bali too since we're talking about that it's like you know when you're driving um, sometimes there's dust in the road and then you get a piece of sand in your eye right and so when you're driving and you have sand in your eye it's, it can be kind of scary so you know the first reaction is to want to like put your hand in there and try and get it out but that just makes it worse so what you want to do is just keep driving and then like kind of blink your eye and let your eye deal with it but um, the metaphor is kind of like, you know, in life, stuff happens and you're cruising along and then you get some kind of thing happen to you. You don't want to just go in and scratch it out. You're going to hurt your eye and get all these scratches on it. You just want to, like, let your eye deal with it. Blink it out and keep going, right? Don't let it bother you so much. And that was kind of like this metaphor I created for life is like, 
you know, you don't have to stress out about things so bad. Let, let, let them take their course so that you don't get big scars like a, a, a rock chip on your eye or something like that. <laughs> uh, so, so I wanted to ask the question about, uh, you know, leaving Vancouver, uh, because a lot of people, no matter where they're in their world, they might have this dream or this aspiration or this desire uh, to travel like you guys are doing, like all of us are doing, but for some reason they hold back or they say maybe someday or I wish I could or I'm so jealous of what you're doing. But you guys have actually taken the, the big leap of faith and now you're in Bali living the life that a lot of people just dream about. Uh, yeah. So what would you say to people who are digital nomad wannabes who really want to make money while traveling the world? Yeah. I think this is a big, uh, I can really touch on this point because originally when we came out here, I only wanted to come out for about two months. Um, Alicia is coming out to help out at a conference with a friend and she wanted to get her online business going and I was like, you know, when I go out there, I only want to come out for two months and then I want to go back to Vancouver and, you know, mm -hmm. everything collapse if I leave now. Um, so came out, came out here and then I realized, I was like, wow. Like there's a sense of urgency that happens when you put yourself in a place of you need to create and you need to make shit happen. Um, pardon my language. But uh, I think when you put yourself in a place where you need to make it happen, I think something funny really inside you really begins to happen. And depending on where you're planning to travel, like the cost difference isn't too much. Like if you're planning to maybe go to Paris or like somewhere that's really expensive, like other different places in Europe. I know, Scott, you're out in Europe, but I mean, I don't think the cost difference is too much. And really, once you put yourself in that place of making it, like once you do get into the place, you can make it happen if you are very resourceful. I think as entrepreneurs, we are built to be resourceful people. Um, so yeah, I think putting yourself in a place where you have to make it happen, I think is, it's not as scary as it seems. And once you're there, you're like, oh, okay, it's just this picture and this thought that you build up in your head that your world's going to collapse around you and you're not going to be able to make it happen. But uh, I think it's a false reality. And once you actually do, do pull the trigger and commit, uh, you have no other option. Yeah, I think that a lot of people, I mean, our natural state of thinking as a human is like, you know, to fear what we're going to lose in a situation so a lot of people get stuck in the thought of losing you know the comfort of their home losing their friend circle losing their job losing you know their familiar country but they don't focus on everything they have to gain by taking that leap of faith and going traveling to a foreign country and living on the edge a little bit and feeling that sense of adventure like they can gain you know amazing memories they can gain new friends and bring memories back to their old friends and so it's I think that's a good thing to, for people to realize is like we are like biologically ingrained to focus on what we're gonna lose in a situation but if you can flip it around and outweigh all of that by all the positive things that you're going to gain by taking that leap of faith and traveling and just trying and giving yourself some like sense of exploration it, it, it actually becomes really fun and addicting and easier so that's that would be my point yeah, absolutely. I was, I was petrified to come out here first. I was going <laughs> to say, this is a great topic for Troy, because for me, I've been doing this for many years already, but Troy is just taking this lifestyle on for the first time mm -hmm. since like he moved to Vancouver. So 
for you, it's a lot fresher. I think you should touch on the fears a bit more, what you went through. Yeah, yeah well, I, I mean, I booked, yeah, I booked a one-way ticket to Vancouver. I think, yeah, this is quite, quite the valuable lesson. I mean, I was in contracting for many years, like about 10. Um, and when I think it was last, last April or so, an opportunity came up for me to move to Vancouver. And I ended up booking a one-way ticket flight, and I was petrified. I was I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it happen. Um, but either way, you know, I booked I booked that flight knowing that like the same thing. I, I have no other option but to make this work. So I flew out there with my laptop, a suitcase, and four boxes. And I mailed the four boxes to Alicia's house, and I had Photoshop on my computer, and I just made it work. Like Ricky, I came to your event. I met everybody there and I ended up doing a couple design packages for people there. There's points when I was actually just making designs for people before they'd even pay me and then they'd be like, okay, how much is that design? So I mean, I think when I did that, it really put me in a place that I had to commit, that I had to make something happen and then Alicia too, like I don't even think I was six months in Vancouver and she's like, okay, I'm going to Bali and I was like, oh. Okay, well, uh, I guess I'm going to Bali too. So, after <laughs> being in Vancouver, I mean, I uprooted my life again, and now I'm in Bali. And I mean, it's the end of May here is Mark's one year of me leaving Winnipeg for good in a suitcase and a backpack. So uh, it's it's amazing how time really flies. But uh, I think just committing and knowing if it's something that you actually really truly want to do. If you commit, things are going to work out for you. Like we, as humans, we're wired to make, to make shit happen and survive. Like we're not, there's no way that you're going to go somewhere and you're going to perish and shrivel up into a ball. Like there's people that'll support you. There's people that'll help you out. If you actually ask for help, if you're in a tough space or you can't figure things out, people will help. you. Mm -hmm. So I think, Knowing that you're fully supported when you do make the leap generally, as long as you keep good connections and, you know, you're not screwing people around. But uh, knowing that you're fully supported, I think, is uh, a big shift for me and that I can, I can just make it happen. Um, I don't know if I can elaborate on that too much more, but, uh, yeah. Another thing I just thought about was, like, um, oh, what was it? When you make a shift like that in your life you kind of take yourself out of the routine that you're used to and you actually start to feel like really alive and that's the thing that scares people I think but it's yeah. actually quite invigorating and the more you can get used to that feeling of uncomfortableness and aliveness and emotions rushing through your body then you know the easier it gets to make these changes and make these changes and travel and and then kind of become unattached from the old way of living and in you know being stagnant in a house in a town forever and living the job and you know free until you die kind of thing and now then you get used to this feeling of aliveness and change and become yes. comfortable being uncomfortable it's actually really fun so i, I think that's something to think about too mm, absolutely and as a couple uh troy and alicia uh obviously uh Usually, uh, men and women or couples, they want different things. Like, uh, may, and also, you have different personalities. So, Alicia seems to be much more spontaneous. Troy seems to be a more, much more structured. So, how do you make those decisions when, for example, Alicia wants to stay in Bali for like five years and Troy wants to come back to uh, structure in Vancouver? So, how do you, uh, besides uh, so obviously dialogue, who wins? <laughs> and how do you decide who wins? <laughs> 
I think there's a, I think we both like value each other's input. Like we, we set a plan out and then Alicia takes some random action on certain things. She has structure as well, but she'll do some things. I'll give some insight. I think we kind of go back and forth. Um, I think usually any big decisions we weigh out between each other before we actually pull the trigger on anything. Um, it's a good question. I'll let Alicia touch on that. <laughs> uh, the, the coolest thing about our relationship is that we're both incredibly simple. We have a high standard for life and we love luxury, but in, within that we're actually incredibly simple and minimalist. So our life is really, really, really easy. Like Our, our life and our relationship together is so easy and I'm, I'm always grateful for how easy it is because it wasn't that way in the past, that's for sure. But choices and all that, I mean, our values are pretty much the same. Yeah. And we live a minimal life, so we're both like, you know, what do you want to do? And the interesting thing when I met Troy is I felt like all of my dreams were totally possible once I met Troy. Like, I always had these big dreams of traveling the world and speaking at events and being a coach and, you know, living this sort of laptop lifestyle that everyone talks about. But when I met Troy, it just felt like, yes, like, he's my partner. And now I feel like, you know, I have that other part, that the, the matching person to help me do this and that now it's all possible so now yeah. that we know that we have similar goals with different strengths within the goals it's just easy we're like okay so what, what's next what, what else can we do and we kind of play with life a little bit and challenge ourselves in, in that way okay yeah you have no. anything to add to that Troy yeah I like that and I think a really big thing is like um, one thing we realized as a couple is like like Alicia said, like you, you need to have somebody that supports you and like is along board for the mission. Cause if not, like it's not, it's not conducive and you're just fighting conflicting. Um, but I think a really big thing for both of us is that like we do work a lot and we are focused on a lot of our stuff, but we realize like we don't like to work on projects together too often. Like we will work on projects and help each other out, but not having a cross connect of, always working together because I think that in itself brings a lot a lot of our effort and energy goes into that than it does into our relationship so I think a really big thing that we learned over the years is not to I mean we're still doing a couple events together and just different things like that when we go back to Vancouver and Winnipeg but I think at the same time too just not not us having a, a partnership together with us too as a whole that's a full-time partnership that we're creating because I think us as you alone would keep is, love is the focus yeah I think our relationship in itself is a partnership that we have to put time effort and energy into if you don't put effort and energy into it it just stagnates like any project would yeah and I can definitely speak on this uh, as well because uh, I'm the opposite of Alicia and Troy I'm the spontaneous one and my wife's the more structured one and actually, we find that's a good thing in some ways because the two opposites actually balance each other out. Because if we're always being spontaneous and uh, kind of like uh, carefree and uh, laissez-faire, then, uh, then uh, everything falls apart. You run out of money. Nothing's planned. Uh, so yes. I actually need my wife's balance of the structure, the discipline, the, uh, the, the financial management side of things. And we also need money. Yeah, I so uh, kind of the boldness, etc. So I, I find like um, the difference is actually complementary and beneficial to learn. Uh, she learning from me. So uh, and I think part of it also is to make sacrifices to meet your partner's needs. So sometimes if my wife really needs structure and she's getting burnt out from traveling a lot, 
then we'll just rest in the hotel and we'll just uh, make sure she feels good. And when, when we're too structured, like we were back in Vancouver, then she was willing to follow me around the world. Uh, so so I, I think it's really about the balance between partners and uh, sacrificing, which is hard uh, because a lot of us want our own things. And that's unfortunately why a lot of couples break up and there's so many divorces because uh, we choose ourselves over our partners and uh, that, that causes destruction. So sacrifice is a hard thing, but important thing in any relationship. And I'm sure uh, you guys have had to sacrifice over and over and over and the more the better, right? I think one big thing that we always laugh about is like, I don't want to be right. I just want to be in love. So like, mm. we'll talk about a topic and we'll be like, kind of like, well, this is this. And it's like, you know what? I don't want to be right. Like, let's just figure this out. Um, so, and I think I like what you said too about the meeting your needs. Cause like, that's one thing that we come back to too, is like your needs are my needs. Um, mm. that if you need something met, like it's my responsibility and your responsibility to make sure we meet our needs together. Um, I think that's, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of needs, there's actually a great book and we love giving resources and tools on the podcast too. So there's a book called his needs, her needs, and it talks about like gender differences and, uh, women might need more stability generally, so you guys are the opposite of normal because usually uh, men are the adventurous ones and women are the more stable ones traditionally. Uh, but uh, I mean, obviously, uh, <laughs> times are changing. Uh, so yeah, I definitely recommend the book called His Needs, Her Needs. So that helped us in our pre-marriage days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Scott one and Scott two when you're on the road. I mean, it must be challenging to, uh, if, if Scott wants to stay in one place, but Scott number two wants to go to another place. How do you make that decision, Scott? Well, I happen to be the one that is uh, stable, mm-hmm. and I happen to be the one that's spontaneous, <laughs> and we have these long conversations <laughs> all the time. That's <laughs> great. There's no compromise in my world. It's just exactly what I want to do, and if you don't like it, you're gone. He always yeah. says that. No. <laughs> <laughs> we always joke because the compromise we make is like, where do you want to eat for dinner tonight? Do you want to go to this place or this restaurant? And we're like, huh. <laughs> so, but Alicia, your your attitude towards it and your your desire to travel and your willingness to to go on these adventures gives uh, men like me tremendous uh, hope and inspiration because uh, we don't find a lot of people like you. Uh, a lot yeah. of women like you around, and, yeah. and uh, it's great. So yeah. thank you. That was a big thing for me, and like to be honest, I was in relationships in the past with non non entrepreneurial vision women, and it was tough. Like it was, I couldn't make it work because it's like I got this big dream that I want to fulfill, and I'm doing it. And if you just want to work your job, that's fine. But like that's not the direction that I'm going. Like the direction that I'm going is to travel the world. Um, I think I think it's really interesting too because it always hits me when I'm out in Bali. Oh, I think we lost Ricky. Um, it's it always uh, it's a nice reminder when we're out here. You'll just be kind of driving around, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm in Indonesia, and it's just hanging out, driving around. You go back home, and it's like a little over a couple of years ago, this was just a far-fetched dream that nobody thought I could do and now we're out here and I mean some people still can't believe it but at the same time too like if you if you put your intention to it you can make it happen um I think that's that's really powerful and this is just the beginning too 
Yes, that's right. You're just starting. Who knows where you're going to be the next time so we have you. Yeah, yes. exactly. I just, the reason I knew about my travels for the rest of the year is I was just sitting at a restaurant, like writing everything out by the months. And I was like, okay, so, you know, Bali till the end of June. And then, you know, Vancouver, July, August in Winnipeg. September in Arizona, October in, you know, Florida and Peru, and then November back in Bali for the self-love retreat I'm going to do in December. And I was like, this is awesome. This yeah, feels like what I'm into. It's sure exciting when you have all those things to look forward to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it really is. Cool. Well, I want to thank you very much for taking uh, time out of your busy, busy day in Bali to share all this information with us and with our watchers and listeners and our audience and before we go tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit more about some of the things that you do and if anyone wants to get a hold of you uh, to find out even more details uh, how can they do that yeah Alicia? You go try it? Nope. sure <laughs> um, so if you want to find a little bit more about me um, I'll actually probably be launching this before the this goes live. So you can go to troysconsulting.com. Um, I specialize in luxury branding packages and developing people's customer journeys. And actually the customer journey is like how when somebody checks you out, like the development that they go through of checking you out, like it's more of an engineered process than most people put thought, effort, and energy into. Um, I really specialize in copywriting, marketing campaigns, um, all sorts of just different positioning, way to position yourself differently from the way that most people are positioned in the marketplace. So that's me and that's me in a nutshell. So yeah, check it out at troysconsulting.com and or you can check me out on Facebook. I post a frequent amount of content on there and yeah, that's it. Great. Awesome. And I do transformational coaching for women and men and kind of, goes into life and business, depending where that person is in life. But you can find me on my Facebook page, Alicia Rep, And I also have a Facebook group for women that's a closed group, just for women to come in. And I kind of call it like a safe space to open up and grow and just connect with women around the world. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Uh, Ricky, have you got any last words? Glad to have you back. And this, of course, is one of the things that happens when you are... Uh, uh, doing these events from around, you know, everyone's in a different place. Sometimes you drop off. So we're happy to see you yeah. back before we send off. It was amazing. We were able to do four, get four people on one podcast. Usually it's hard enough just to get two people, uh, interviewing people back and forth, but somehow we made it happen. Our, my co-host, uh, Scott and myself and our two guests, Troy and Alicia. Uh, thanks everyone. I, I know there are a lot of other couples who might be in the same boat wanting to travel the world. If Troy and Alicia can do it, then uh, so can you. So uh, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a rating and review, and we'll see you in the next episode of uh, Digital Nomad Mastery. Thank you. Thank you so